0: Thank you. February 2nd, and you're back on another edition of Kentucky Politics Weekly. Uh, I'm your host, Trey Watson, joined by Stephanie Steitzer-Holscher. Steph, how you doing?
1: Doing well.
0: You're waning days in the island paradise before you head back to the frigid tundra of Kentucky.
1: Yes, my husband thinks I've lost my mind for wanting to come home, but it's time.
0: Well, you know, after you properly quarantine for a while, the girls can come back and play with the boys. I'm sure they'll be happy to, happy to see each other.
1: They are, and we have some nice, uh, nice souvenirs for everybody.
0: Hey, uh, all right, let's get talking some, about some news. Uh, we also have a conversation this uh, today with uh, Katura Heron from the ACLU about some of the ACLU uh, priori- priorities, legislative priorities, uh, including the Crown Act, around uh, a Taylor-related uh, legislation, a couple other things. So a uh, good conversation for you uh, as the legislature is back in town, Stephanie. Uh it's a uh, it's veto override day I think. Woo! Go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will say this for Andy Bashir. Um he has he's done nothing if not won the messaging battle on this I think uh, among large chunks of the public because he he continues to say that they're stripping his powers away. They're absolutely not. They're stripping nothing away from him because he, nothing that he has done would have been changed. All it does is put a level of oversight and accountability into the process you know he's he's still gonna if he wants to make a new a new uh, emergency declaration he can still do it Then for 30 days it'll be in effect and then it'll have go through an oversight process just like pretty much any other regulation would do which you know as i've said repeatedly on here i don't care if it's a republican governor and republican legislature democrat governor democrat legislature it's i think it's good government to have checks and balances and oversight in the process uh it's, you know so Andy Beshear's continual whining that they're stripping his powers away. No, they're not. They're, they're putting oversight on the powers.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's one of those things that maybe he's maybe he's winning the messaging on, perhaps, maybe. But I'm of, I'm um, I'm probably in the minority in my party here when I say, well, maybe me and Scott White, <laughs> who we had on a <laughs> couple of weeks ago to talk about this, that I, I mean, I just wish I, I'm. I hate that this is the hill we're dying on. And I hate that we're playing defense uh, instead of playing offense on, on literally anything else, right? Like talk about anything else, but the fact that, that this is, this is what we've chosen as a party to champion um, when there's so many other issues that I wish that we were, you know, and in our coming segment um, with Ketura, we talk about some really, um, really important bills that I wish uh, we're getting as much oxygen as this executive power nonsense.
0: And I, I'm 100% convinced that if if we had Mike DeWine as our governor with a Republican legislature or with, with a Democrat legislature, I, I'm 100% convinced that Democrats would be pushing the same bill. Absolutely. It, it's, 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 it's political um, that, they're, that they're standing against it. It, 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 is, it is good. It's a good government bill, is what it is. It's a good government bill. And here's the thing our executive we talked about this with scott a couple weeks ago but our executive power laws were written for like you know a bad ice storm or a or a or a flood or something that is going to be cleaned up within a week to 30 days are our, our the 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 emergency powers laws that we have were not written to deal with a year and a half plus worth of emergency power implementation it, it just they, they weren't structured that way and when you're going to when you're going to have something that lasts this long there needs to be a process of oversight for the people's body to have a say in it to make sure that Everything is being done above board. Everything is being done properly. Um, No, you know, the I's are are, are dotted. The T's are crossed. Nothing's falling in between the cracks. And we have seen that happen. We have seen things fall in between the cracks. And it would it it would would it had been done perfectly if the legislature had been involved the whole process. No, nothing ever would be done perfectly. But some of these problems might have been avoided had the legislature had some level of input to the process. So you know, that thing's gonna get overridden. I think come now I do think come election time uh, because right now the Republicans aren't spending a ton of time on public messaging on it, but I do think come election time and I've seen I've seen the polling numbers. It, it's, it's it's a winning issue. I, I, I think Bashir, I don't know if he's done private polling. I don't know what he's looking at or if it's just his people sticking a finger in the wind and they're in closed off. Uh, siloed circles like a lot of pe- too, too many people are these days in politics, it's not going to be a winning issue in an election for him. Uh, you know, I think a winning issue is going to be that's got to be phrased right. It's not because his leadership has been rightly uh, uh, praised at times, but this one particular part of it, the refusal to work with others in a lot of turns, which which has led to bad some bad decisions and has led to problems, that part polls poorly. And it's, it's going to cost him at the ballot box. I just, I don't understand his insistence on dying on this hill. And now, now, you know, it's going to, it's going to get, the vetoes are going to get overridden. He's going to take it to court, which is what Andy Bashir does. And hopefully what Andy Bashir does uh, well is going to continue to happen, which is lose court cases. Um, you know, we'll, 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 see, we'll see how that, how that goes. But uh, yeah, that, th- that, those and other vetoes will be overridden. I, I would suspect as early as today.
1: Well, and I would also argue too that it's not a winning issue because this isn't hmm. something that impacts Kentuckians' day-to-day life. But more and than that's likely, saying, it, more why than are likely, we talking about this? More than
0: likely, the next time, as a legislative friend of mine pointed out, more than likely the next time this becomes an issue, uh, you know, because this is a once in a hundred, once in a hundred fifty-year uh, pandemic it's, it's a better likelihood that this, the next time this pops up as an issue is going to be the, the new Madrid fault going off, not another yep. pandemic. Yep. So like, You know, it, it, yeah. it's, it's such a, it again, I don't understand the opposition to it. It's a good, it's a, to me, it's an issue of good government, but yeah, if Andy wants to take it to court. He can take, take it to court and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there, but I don't see anything that's, you know, he, he, he probably rightly won his court case previously, because of the way that the law was written well now the law is being changed and we're uh you know we're, we're gonna move forward from here um uh you know again talking to legislators we've talked about this on the show before talking to legislators i think there's a lot of uh uncertainty as to what the the but what the pacing is gonna look like for session how how fast bills are gonna come out you know obviously they passed kind of the shell budget just to get it to get it to a conference committee uh, back before they went on their break uh, but you know the budget is going to be the real holdup on everything. Um, there's a couple of big pieces of legislation hanging out there that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, you know, beyond just uh, the the COVID restriction laws, there's going to have to be levels of different levels of COVID relief. Um, down at the state level, uh, there's which we'll talk about in the second half of the podcast. There's uh, racial justice reforms uh, that are that are going to be passed. Uh, what those will look like is is up to debate, but there's going to be something passed, you know, so there's, there's several big ticket items that are, that are on the agenda. And with it being a short session already, and then having to pile a budget on top of it, I just, I, I have no idea what the pacing is going to look like a bills actually coming out and passing this year. Uh, you know, again, I'm still hopeful that house of bill four, constitutional amendment to get rid of signy die and give legislators more flexibility, uh, will pass. Cause if that passed, then, uh, we wouldn't have a pacing issue because they would have all year to work on stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and speaking of, 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 bills and, and events in, in Frankfurt that are dominating more um, airspace than they should, um, the uh, impeachment nonsense continues to be a, a, a side show. Um, where do you think things stand with, um, with that?
0: It's, nothing's gonna happen they're they're going they're going through the process to make uh the petitioners and in some cases especially when it comes to the governor make a few members who i think were would were, 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 were they're not were they're not a petition filed i think you might have had a few members file some papers on their own this is probably a cleaner process uh because it keeps the members out of it um you know they're gonna they're gonna give it they're going to give it a fair hearing he's done nothing impeachable. People in the committee know that, uh, they're, they're just going through the process so that when it gets dismissed, uh, they can say, well, we gave it a fair hearing. There was nothing to impeach him on now pay the man his money.
1: <laughs> I mean, here's my thing. Uh, well, by the way, I don't know if we talked about this last week. I don't think it had happened yet, but, um, fascinating that one of the um, petitioner petitioners want out. Yes, And I think we kind of talked about that like, oh, did these people not realize they were going to be on the hook for the well, no, uh, they, sites they, and harvest and legal that, bills that, they're that, racking
0: up? That is not in the, that that, got, that was in the rules passed by the committee. So no, mm. they, they, they did not know that when the, when. Before That's the committee good was clarification,
1: because obviously I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was in the rules that they, that the committee created.
1: Interesting. So one of the petitioners <laughs> already wanted out, um. You know, I want to ask you, Trey, because I know we we're going to talk um, shortly about um, McConnell coming out uh, yesterday uh, against Marjorie Taylor Greene, nutcase. Um, but it's it's sort of a similar issue here. You know, when we talk about, you, you mentioned uh, a second ago, you know, having to go through this process to appease some of the members that really wanted this. And, and the question I have is, I don't know if this is chicken and an egg or what, but I mean, but but will it appease them? Because I feel like anything short of actually impeaching him and removing him from office, it doesn't impe- appease these people like they no, want you, more.
0: You, you've you just you've got to you, you got to make your you got to set it up to where your opposition is now ironclad because you've been through the process. And, and, you know, when they they push, you can say, hey, we already went through the process. It did. It, it wasn't there. There's no there there. Sorry. So it's not necessarily about appeasing them, but it's about setting it up to where they, you know, it's, it's like uh, containing the contagion. You know what I mean? It's it's it's. it's yeah. But at box- what
1: point at what point? I mean, I, I often think about this these days um, at the state and, and national level. I mean, are, are we just giving these these folks some oxygen when we continue to allow things like that dominate?
0: Well, but it's it's one th- it's one thing when they're when it, it's it's you know a bunch of nut jobs in the internet. It's another thing when people have have said it on the campaign trail and people voted for him because of it. You know that's that's where you get into the difficult call, like on Robert Goforth. You know, I know pe- members who would like to see him gone, but I don't know that they'll vote for impeachment because people knew when they went to vote for him in November that he had tried to she had tried to murder his wife. You know, so it's like, well, at what at what point are you? are you trying are you what at what point are you saying that you know better for the constituents of that district than they know for themselves when they went into eyes wide open with all the information so i think you know once once you're once you're in once you're inside the building i think there's a process you've got to go through to 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 deal with it
1: i mean you've talked a lot about uh you know wanting to be part of saving the republican party and and taking it back from These people, these extremists who have hijacked it, um, how how do people like you do that in the face of these people and them being elected? Right. Because we're not just talking about some cranks on the outside. You,
0: you, you, You do you do with incontrovertible facts. You 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 build a house of facts around yourself where they cannot tear down a wall there's no window they can break you you it is it is a house made of made of brick and stone and they they can't they can't get in it and then you got to go out and inform people of those facts and you know if if facts if if at that point in time facts lose well then we got a whole nother problem but i think i I think right now you just you've got to you got to build build your house build your house with stone and 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 hope it weathers the storm
1: I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I can tell you as a Democrat that, that, uh, facts don't seem to matter much to certain people these days. So, it's, sadly. All about, it's
0: all about how you message him 70. It's all about how you message. Mm. Them.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possibly.
0: Uh, all right, well, let's, let's move. Speak, speaking, speaking of lunatics, let's move on to Marjorie Taylor green, who, uh, Mitch McConnell in a statement to the Hill yesterday, uh, is referring to her did not, did not state her, her name, but, uh, referred to, to uh, the embrace of conspiracy theories and, and loony lies and call lies a cancer for the Republican party. Here's a statement. Somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon on nine 11, that horrifying school shootings are pre-staged and that the Clintons crashed JFK jr's airplane is not living in reality. This has nothing to do with the state cha- with the challenges facing American families or the robust debates on substance that can strengthen our party. Uh, you know, I guess Kevin McCarthy is supposed to meet with her this week, but I think it's telling that there's going to be a vote on removing uh, Liz Cheney from leadership while this nut job takes a seat on the education committee.
1: And gets a meeting with McCarthy.
0: Yeah. And gets a meeting with McCarthy. To, to, I, I, you know, I, I, I understand what Mitch McConnell's doing. Mitch McConnell's lived through this with the with the Tea Party in 2010 and 2012. I can't believe I'm gonna say say a less extreme version, but a less extreme version of this with with the Tea Party in, in in 10 and 12 and 14. And and he they figured out a pretty good plan on how to beat these people back, on how to make sure you don't get people who believe they're witches, uh, or, or you know other varying sorts of nut jobs nominated, and bring down your chance to to flip a chamber. Uh, McConnell's smart. Uh, and it, I know mo- a lot of Democrats don't want to hear this. He's also principled <laughs> and he's, he's, he's going to do what it takes to make sure his principles went out a- at the end of the day. Fortunately, he, he shares my principles. I have no idea what Kevin McCarthy is doing. I, I don't have the foggy. He went down to mar a and was like, oh yeah, Donald Trump, he's going to win us the elections in 22. Have you not seen the exit polling, Kevin? <laughs> Like there was a, I don't know if you saw, there was a leaked, uh, a leaked autopsy by uh, by uh, one of one of uh, Trump's pollsters who basically just said Trump's uh, statements, his personality, and his treatment of the of the, and, and dealing with the coronavirus uh, crisis is is what ruined him. It's why Republicans won and he didn't. It, it it's him personally. This is this is his own pollster saying this. So why you would hit your wagon to that again when you could abandon him, you could keep, you could keep the policies even, keep the policies. Just abandon the person and you win. Like wh- why McCarthy went down there to do that is beyond me. Everyone, I've been reading all these stories about what's happened since the election. And every one of them say that uh, McConnell and Trump talked r- shortly after McConnell went on the floor and stated that Joe Biden had won the election. And that is the last time that they have talked.
1: I mean, the only conclusion <laughs> right. you can the only conclusion you can reasonably come to at this point is that, you know, he supports this. They support this nonsense. They support those policies. You know, I mean, I think what gets lost a lot of times. It's
0: also a statement of strength and weakness. McConnell believes he has the strength both personally and politically to go to war with these people and win. Kevin McCarthy clearly does not believe he has the strength to be able to be able to go to work. If, if McCarthy had the strength, you know what he'd do? He'd say, fine, Marjorie Greens, nut jobs. I'm going to go raise the money in the Speaker Super PAC or, or the Leader Super PAC. And we're going to whoop your ass in primaries. And anybody like you, we're going to whoop your ass in primaries. And we're going to elect Republicans who 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 believe in facts, who do not believe that satanic paganists are, are, are eating children's blood. You know, we're, we're going to elect sane individuals. We may not agree with all of them, but they're at least going to be sane. But McCarthy clearly does not have the does not have the wherewithal strength, confidence or or positioning to, to do that, which is shocking to me.
1: McCarthy should um, call up his old buddy, Eric Cantor, and asked him how well it worked out for him cozying up with. Extreme no, of that, that, party.
0: That, that's that's a different story there because can't I, I I go I could do chapter and verse on what caused Canner to lose. That had to do more with ignoring. they Canner lost because he ignored the the extreme parts of the party. Canner was was up. Remember that's that's the district I grew up in. I helped sure. Canner. I helped Canner campaign for office his first year because he was taking over for Tom Blyley, Who's a family friend. Um, that's he ran against Ben Jones Cooter for the Dukes of Hazard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I I just think. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's a total lack of leadership, but it, you can't help but think like some of these people, um, they believe this stuff. Some of them are, are opportunists, <clears throat> Ted Cruz, right? But yes, some totally. of these people absolutely believe this stuff. And um,
0: oh, I, yeah, I mean, I 100% believe she's lying now when she says that she doesn't believe it. She 100% believes that, that Jews have a space laser and they set California on fire.
1: What? I just don't (laughs) understand this. She
0: she believes that the Jews in space part of history of the world. Part one is somehow fact. And
1: (laughs) I don't know if you if anybody saw it, I'm CNN. uh, I don't love CNN, but they had a really good special um, Sunday night about um, QAnon. And I mean, and not there wasn't much new ground covered, but it was kind of- Was
0: this for the interview with, with Anderson Cooper where the, uh, he was like, no Anderson, I, re- I legitimately thought you drank the blood of, of babies.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I mean, Anderson Cooper's face is just like, what? <laughs> like how, and it was, that was, the, that was the craziest part of that. The whole thing was when, when you had Anderson Cooper himself like reading what these people had said about him. And I mean, it's bone chilling. It's terrifying. I mean, it's so dehumanizing. And I just I don't understand. I'll never, ever understand how people believe this stuff.
0: Um, I'm sure that uh, Don Thrasher believes I drink the blood of babies as well. So it's it's (laughs) Um uh, sticking with us uh, with some national political news, uh, a new pack put together by a trio of, uh, of progressive political operatives who worked for AOC when she first got elected uh, are putting together a pack, the no excuses pack. And they're going to attempt to challenge Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema in primaries in 2024, which I wholeheartedly welcome because that means Republicans will win both of those seats. You know, Arizona and West Virginia are not California or New York city that even if you somehow knock these two off in primaries, that's only going to create a completely unelectable Democrat. You know, this, I've said all along that the, all the attention is paid to the Republican civil war, but the Democrat civil war is probably worse for Democrats than this will be for Republicans because it's broader based and it's been stewing longer. Uh and now that Democrats have control of everything, they're going to they're going to eat each, eat their own. It's going to be like 2012 was for Republicans when we nominated Christine O'Donnell and Sharon Angle and all these nut jobs and cost ourselves seats that we should have won in the, in the Senate. Uh,
1: I mean, we're living in some we are just living in some interesting times <laughs> when, you know, let's let's also remember that Smyrna um, last week was censured by her own party in Arizona I mean, oh,
0: No, no, no. Se- seen was the Democrat.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. They know, yeah, they they they, they, is,
0: they they censored the governor.
1: <laughs> they censored the governor and Cindy McCain. But yeah. the point that I'm trying to make, even though I'm a total space cadet today, uh, is you know the state of Arizona where we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a primary shot on the left, while at the same time reasonable moderate Republicans. Uh, are being censured by their own party extremists. Like,
0: yeah, but in the, in the, in the day of read of the, the room, AOC pack. Yeah. And in, in, in the days of, of, you know, the, the, the dominance of super PACs right now, especially McConnell who's figured out how to play this game pretty well since the mistakes that got made in 2012, there is zero chance a dime of money is going to float through the state party in Arizona. Uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna set up a completely parallel operation out there to uh, uh, to nominate a solid Republican and 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 potentially take that seat back. And then Joe Manchin, I mean, if they keep pushing Manchin, I don't know if you saw Stephanie Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris did, did an interview like lighting the freaking ground on fire in West Virginia the other morning. Which, by that the way, she, not smart. By the way, she she referred to a, abandoned abandoned landmines rather than abandoned mine lands. Uh but uh like in Manchin's Manchin said I don't appreciate it. Nobody told me she was gonna come in and do it. Like, here's the deal, Democrats. This dude, as much as he hates McConnell, if you make it so he hates you more, he can switch parties, and guess what? Harris Harris ain't worth crap anymore because it's now 5149 and you're in the minority again.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, that can be, you know, what she did, that can be a strategy, but you don't Come out of the gate with it no right it's, it's,
0: that's not salvo number one.
1: first first you try appeasement right you try to work with the guy you, what do you want joe what do you want like okay we've already made you know the new river gorge national park what else can we give west virginia right and i thought it was interesting <laughs> Where, i saw it on where's um, your
0: where's your house said we gave bird a, a, a an interstate to his house where's your right? house can we, can we build one of your house
1: I thought I did think it was interesting on the news this morning. I caught that the governor, Jim Justice, which, by the way, I mean, that guy comes off like he is drunk in every interview. I mean, mean, he cannot put together a coherent sentence.
0: Spends too much time in the casino at the Greenbrier.
1: (laughs) But he um, it sounded to me like he was giving uh, Manchin a little bit of cover this morning to be for the stimulus package, saying, you know, West Virginia needs help.
0: He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, screw saving money for later. We need to spend it now or we don't have a later to spend it on.
1: Yep. Yep. So um, that is why I don't think that um, Kamala Harris's move was a smart one because.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Democrats were smart, you got, you got Mansion, and then you got uh, Romney, Murkowski, Collins, and occasionally, depending on the issue, uh, Sass. That, but at the, at the very least, you got five there: Murkowski, Collins, Romney, uh, Seema, and Mansion. Whoever cobbles together the best relationship with that with that group of five, you're going to win every vote because they're yeah. you know, that, that's that's your middle. And if you can put it together to where they become a block and you have their support on anything controversial, you win. And guess what? The the trappings and the power that the presidency brings you puts you in the catbird seat on that. You know, uh, as much as I love Leader McConnell, as smart as he is in the way the Senate works, he still only has fifty members. The Democrats have the White House. They should be able to bring that group of five in and say, "Listen, y'all, what do you need? What do you want? What do you need?" And and and, and build it, but they won't. Then said they're going there instead. They're lighting fires in their own backyard. I don't think they know how to do. People don't know how to do this anymore, Trey. No. you know, Biden does. And which, which makes me wonder if, if Harris was, was freelancing a little bit,
1: maybe, I mean, I think back to, you know, say what you will about Paul Patton, but man, there's talk about an old school guy who knew how to do it. Right. He'd wine him, He'd dine them. He, he, he'd bring him to the mansion. He would um, do what it takes to, to, to curry favor. And okay. Then if you cross him now, we're, now we're going to go after you. That is how this used to work. It wasn't perfect. It's it's messy in a messy, uh, uh, not representative democracy, but that can be effective. And I just think, again, we talk about this all the time, but at state and national level, just such a lack of leadership, you know. And I'm, I, I just, it's, yeah. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna shut up before I go down a path <laughs> that will just continue to. Um, <laughs> Cut my own um, feet
0: and hands off. Let's uh, let's talk real quick about uh, members of, of UK fraternity SAE. Uh, they uh, they got kicked off UK's campus last year, and now now it turns out that uh, I guess more information is is coming out as to what kind of uh, precipitated all this. Headline for the Herald Leader: UK fraternity members allegedly broke into house armed with golf clubs before suspension. The 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 yuppiest of of Uh, breaking in or he's breaking in with golf clubs
1: but i mean i mean and they committed some hardcore crime
0: 30 to 40 members broke through the front door of a lexton home
1: i mean i i I, you know i spent more time than i should have hanging in a fraternity houses when i was in college but you know geez this is really taking you know mischief to a to a criminal level what the heck
0: here's from the from the article when Lexington police arrived at sea members are barricaded inside the house uh, the house and refused to answer the door for police the front door was observed to have been forced open there was blood near the broken window three injured members of the fraternity later arrived at UK Chandler uh, hospital emergency room claiming to have been jumped but were inc- uh, inconsistent about time and location like <laughs> what on I mean I understand being a college kid and like doing stupid stuff but and plus SAE has a massive house that they own on campus. Like, what do you I do? mean,
1: obviously there's more to the story here.
0: Uh, well, and I'm, I'm assuming probably, you know, the story doesn't have a lot related. of details. Well, I'm assuming it's it's because they weren't allowed to have a party. So by the way, it, it, it's uh, the incident was related to a dispute over the rental of the house, which was reportedly owned by an SAE member's mother. So I guess a bunch of members must have been living there. Uh, maybe they got kicked out and they broke back in but I see. you know what I, I would also say this this may have something to do with looking for a place to party since they couldn't you know where, where they were allowed to party was limited september because of the the covid rules which by the way if uh alcohol was allowed on on uk's campus uh they wouldn't be having to look for places to break into to party they could have a more uh modern, monitored structured place to uh to consume alcohol and to party uh and in, in a way where the, the university could ensure some sort of enforcement of social distancing and mask norms and whatnot that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time though stephanie
1: <laughs> well and i and you know the question i have for uk is why i mean we know why right it's money but there should never i said this months ago when we had tom stevens still uh, in in the seat here we should never have allowed um greek activity on campus oh, this no. year it's, because it's, and, and 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 to people who would say, well, they would still gather. Great. And then you would have an easy ability to shut them down and take away their charter. You know, uh, but what what UK did was was stupid. Well, in it, the sense it was, it was,
0: it was the, the worst of all scenarios because they allowed the Greek activity, but they, they also wouldn't allow them to do it on campus where they could be monitored.
1: Right. So like, it was it was it was stupid. And this was totally predictable.
0: Um, other news an up-and-coming rapper here Lexton Lonnie oxidine was shot and killed while f- filming a music video outside of the Marriott down at city center uh 5 15 like in the middle of the I day on that. Sunday uh sounds like he, he got in a, a monetary dispute with his business manager two went outside uh gotten an argument and his manager shot him uh, there has been an arrest on that um just crazy like freaking 5 15 in the afternoon like
1: Crazy okay. crime. I mean, to read the crime crime blotter on the Herald-Later and Courier Journal right now is like uh, it's a little shocking. Did you see the story about the guy uh, who had his, he was tortured and murdered um, they cut his tongue off, wrapped it in aluminum foil, shoved it back into his mouth, um, beat him uh, and he asphyxiated on his, uh, his own cut off tongue
0: that's not the way you want to go.
1: I mean, like, I was horrified reading this story this morning.
0: Yeah, it's not, um, not the way you want to go. Um, a couple of, uh, a couple of <laughs> horrible transition, but we'll get to a couple of lighter news items before we get into conversation with the ACLU. Uh, I know Tom, Tom's not here anymore, but he re- re- wasn't really a fan anyways. But uh, uh, the uh, the Royal Rumble was this weekend. The and what? Uh, the WWE Royal Rumble, come on, Stephanie, the biggest wrestling <laughs> event of the year, and 47-year-old Edge lasted, came in first, lasted all the way through for uh, the 30th and won it. Let uh, me tell you, 47-year-old he and his former tag partner Christian, also 47, look fantastic. I hope I look that good in six years, and I'm 47. I, there's there's no way I will. I don't look that good now. Uh, but uh, really so-
1: <laughs> questioning my life choices at the moment. How did, how did I? How did I get to a place where I'm on a podcast talking about professional wrestling?
0: Hey, it's, 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 I always tell people it's, it's <laughs> a, it's a testosterone filled soap opera. If you, if you look at it, if you consider it under, under those, those circumstances, then, then it, it's, you know, we you you're going to watch law and order and then you're going to watch scandal and then you're going to watch wrestling. It's, it's, it's all the same thing.
1: I hate to admit, I've actually been to a WWE event
0: I was went college. Student. I, I went to WWE Raw the night after WrestleMania, the night that The Rock turned heel on Stone Cold. I think it was no one WrestleMania. It would have been Survivor Series, I think. And uh, we had we had uh, tickets through my dad's friend uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett uh, I brought some guys up from Lexington. Uh, yeah, especially going to it in person, it's, it's 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 a good time. It's it's a it is it is a it is a spectacle. Um, UK, uh, supposed to, supposed to play Texas this weekend did not happen. It appears there's a COVID, uh, COVID, uh, uh, infection somewhere inside the UK basketball program. Uh, there's rumors they may have to push back the game against I think it's Missouri that's supposed to play this week that make it push back as well. Um, at this point, is they there might
1: any be- chance this reset will produce no, a better at, at this <laughs> point? They might, at
0: this point, they might as well just cancel the season. Cause I mean, the, the only chance they had to make it determined to was to beat Texas. Who's ranked number four right now you know, beat Texas and then and then run the table. And even then it was going to be a tough, a tough uh tough lift. But you know, at least getting the win over the number four team in the country would have helped. Uh getting that off of our potential resume probably uh probably ends any chance that that they have at the uh at at the tournament. Um and of course uh we'll probably talk a little bit more about it on Thursday. But Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh oh how
1: about
0: that? I will be heavily supporting the uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because I have several bets made before the season even started on the uh, on Tampa Bay to win, and it, and it very uh, very nice odds. I made it in August when I was over at the, the Greenbrier, so that'll that'll pay that'll pay nice.
1: Fascinating.
0: <laughs> You'll be I guess on a on a plane or something coming back for.
1: Uh... I will hopefully be in my house.
0: Well, there you go. Kick kick out all the UK students that are broken in the meantime.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a whole fraternity living there.
1: Yeah, I
0: uh, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to be talking with a uh, representative from the ACLU about uh, legislation coming up this session. You are with Kentucky Politics Weekly. All right, we're back uh, and we're going to get to talk a little bit about some legislation. The General Assembly goes, comes back in today uh to finish up the short session uh in the odd numbered year and uh it's obviously going to be dominated by the budget covid response i think you're gonna see a lot of veto overrides today uh but we wanted to get into as we've tried to do since uh since election day uh try to get into some specifics on other legislation that that's out there so a lot of it's proposed it's because it's just a weird year a lot of it may not pass this year uh it's, but it's stuff that you'll probably see hearings on and uh definitely we'll you know, look for it to come back in, uh, in the long, long session if it doesn't pass this year. Uh, but we got with us, uh, a policy, uh, strategist from the ACLU, Katura Heron is joining us. Uh, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me and thanks for asking. Absolutely. And, uh, I guess, I
0: guess let's, let's just start with kind of what are you guys keeping an eye on, um, both things that you're, that you're, let's, I guess, let's start with things that you're, you're pushing that you're working on, on trying to get passed. And then we can go to, if there's any bills that you've got concerns about. Uh, I know Stephanie's got particular interest in a couple, but I'll kind of let you steer the first half of the conversation here about kind of what, what you all are, are focused on trying to get through the legislature.
2: Yeah. So we have um, a, a lot of pieces of legislation that we're um, looking at. Um, obviously one of our biggest things this year is really looking at uh, racial justice um, and how to um, ensure that we are, um, making sure that legislation that's being passed does have a, um, a racial justice lens and a racial um, equality. One of those um, bills is the crown act. Um, and basically um, what that bill does, it is a um, anti-discrimination bill and it, it would prohibit um, people from being discriminated against um, because of the texture of their hair. Um, and that is in the workplace or um, in, in the school system. We have seen um, particularly Black people, uh, not being able to get jobs or have access to jobs. Um, Because on some job descriptions, it has blatantly said, if you um, have dreadlocks, you cannot work here, or it it may not be uh, that particular language, but it literally will state uh, dreadlocks. And so um, for us, we know that um, employment is is that first, and and, and economics is that first piece of, of thing to ensure that people have the things that they need. Um, and so that we believe that um, uh, that's super important. Also, we've got um, anything that, any type of, of bills that, that come out, we want to make sure that they have a, a racial justice uh, and racial equity lens to it. Um, so that's that's one of the main ones. And then of course, um, Brianna's Law, a ban to end no-knock warrants. Um, that's actually you know, one of my personal priorities. Um, we saw Metro Council in 2020 uh, a pass uh, pass Brianna's Law, a ban um, of no-knock warrants throughout uh, Louisville. And and for one, th- this bill was very important to me. Um, for one, I, I helped get that bill passed at the local level, and um, you know we are trying to push that and, and get that passed at the state level. Uh, Representative Scott has filed House Bill 21. We also know that we've heard um, um, our um, republican um leadership say that they were looking they are looking at some type of version
0: yeah i think robert stivers had said he was going to file either was going to file or has filed something in the senate i haven't really kept track of it I, that's one i've just assumed always assumed something is going to pass i mean do you have any any feelings you know a bill by representative scott obviously is going to face a tough road tough road in the in the house just because of of the makeup of the body, but I think something's going to pass. I mean, have you all had conversations with the Senate on, on what, you know, what, what a sort of proposal coming out of there might look like? Cause I would think that'd be probably the one most likely to, to get final, final clearance.
2: Yes. I, I have talked to everybody. I have uh, talked <laughs> to everyone. And I think that um, the consensus is, is that uh, there needs to be some type of, um, um, some type of changes to the, to the process. I think that um, as you hear a lot, um, um, It just depends on on, on what it's gonna come down to. I believe that what we need to see as far as a, um, we need to see a complaint ban um, unless it is those exigent circumstances. So unless you have a kidnapping or an active shooter, uh, those situations, which really police don't need a warrant um, anyway. Also, what I would like to see is, is that when police are involved in a shooting, whether it's a fatality or not, um, that they are interviewed within two hours of that incident and also drug and alcohol tested. Um, I think that that just ensures the safety of, of everyone. And I think the biggest thing for me is that Brianna's law was super low-hanging fruit. I don't think that this should be huge controversy. Um, this is just something that we need to do to ensure that um, police officers and civilians um, are, not, are not harmed. Um, you can't have the Castle Doctrine on one end saying that you're allowed to protect your home and then on the other end saying police are allowed to come in your home uh, without notice um, those two things um uh, uh create a, a, a clash and i don't think that you'll hear gun advocates say uh well we'll take um our rights away and and, and not um allowed to protect our home
0: I totally agree and, and you know it, it puts it puts police officers like it puts police officers and it puts prosecutors in a bad situation because you have you have what happened in Louisville where you have officers who executed a bad policy. It, you know, it would appear, except for the one nut job who went all Rambo, you know, it would appear the others properly executed a bad policy. And so how do you get justice for you know, when things do go bad? How do you get justice for victims while also ensuring that you you are You know kind of backing up your law enforcement officers they 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 executed a bad policy they did it mostly it would seem the right way but yeah i mean there's there's got to be a change when you've got when you've got these conflicting interests that that don't allow you to protect officers whether it's their lives their lives or the you know professional or or personal lives it it doesn't it doesn't work
1: let me ask you this question i'm sorry i just wanted to jump in here real quick I just want to ask you know like from the as the as the conservative on on this uh podcast you know I mean to me this seems like a no-brainer like you say low-hanging fruit right for conservatives who are supposed to be about you know less government intrusion you know my freedom don't tread on me whatever um so do you think that this will pass, Trey. What's I, I think. Feeling? I think.
0: I think. Some something will pass. I've been saying that since last summer. I, you know, how far it goes, I think, is the question. But I think at the very least, the, uh, the no knock warrant uh, reform will pass. Uh, I, I think you'll probably see some of the other stuff. like you talked about on on. Uh, you know, well, the the only the only reason I can see. Something on the process of the investigation after after a shooting that I can see maybe there being a delay of some sort on that is is some sort of I I I, just, I don't know enough about that part of the law to know where that policy should be set should it be set at the local level because it's, you're talking about local police forces I think it definitely should be set by the legislature for the for the for KSP you know as far as the local forces yeah I could I could. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I could see a conservative saying, well, you know, that's the local government controls that. That needs to be like a, a, you know, metro council, city council, local government set decision. I, I don't, I, I just don't, I just don't know enough about where those, where those policies are typically set. But I, I think at the very least you're going to see a broader ban on, on, or broader reform on no knock warrants and some of that other stuff. There's, there's going to be something passed.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that I, I would argue is is that when you have someone who works in a factory or a warehouse and they are harmed, if they're a, uh, a forklift driver and they're harmed at, at work and, and they have some type of incident and they have to go to the hospital or whatnot, they're drug and alcohol tested. And it's about... Right. And yep. I think that we have to... Uh, uh, we, we have to think about it in a different way. And we're talking about public safety. Here. Do you know, is, is that a state or
0: a federal regulation that, that, that calls for that? Is that something through OSHA or is that something that the state is mandated?
2: I think that that's something through OSHA, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but um, I, I think that when we're talking about public safety, we have to look at it on a huge scale and not just on this one piece. And to me, that's a, that's a piece of public safety and police have to be held accountable to um, ensure that they are coming in the workplace uh, are ready to protect and serve um, in, in proper ways. That yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it, it's. It, I, I could,
0: I could, just, I could just see a territorial issue coming down to just simply being where, where does that? Who's, who's the? What's the right venue to 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 regulate that on? Not saying that it wouldn't get done. Just saying I can see there being a debate as to well that should that should be. You know, the feds, or it should be the locals, or it should be the state. I, I just, I, I, don't know enough about what the, the right. I mean, if the legislature can do it, I think the they should. But you know, I, I'm, am you know, when I think of that, these things, I always try to think of the pitfalls that could stand in the, <laughs> stand in the yeah. way. I could definitely see that being an argument that somebody could have, saying that, that that's that's you know, a hold up. Um, uh, let's see. Here. So we got. Like the- to jump
1: um, back to um, the Crown Act, if we could. Yeah. Um. Uh, if you don't mind, can um, tell, t- t- tell us a little bit more about uh, why this is needed? Um, and I think Trey has, some, uh, he raised some good questions when he and I were discussing this um, a couple of days ago. Um, so, yeah.
2: I mean, we have seen um, a- across the nation and locally um, where, um, Black young people, youth and um, adults have been discriminated against um, because of their hair. I think that um, a couple of years ago, we saw a young man that went viral that he was actually um, in a wrestling match and they actually cut his dreadlocks off. On the sidelines. On the sidelines before he went to wrestle. And like, when you talk about um, uh, uh, Black youth, uh, for instance, And you talk about a sense of belonging in education or in spaces, um, sense of belonging will have an impact on how they perform in school. And so if you're telling them they can't show up as their full self because of the natural hair that grows out of their head, what is that saying to them? And so um, this is an issue that I I think that you may have seen some different entities um, take action on it. But um, I think that we have to put it on our legislative body, and you know they have have said this year, like we want to make sure that we're being um, and we're looking at racial justice issue. Again, this is a piece of low hanging fruit. Um, it shouldn't be a large conversation. It shouldn't be controversy. That why should someone be discriminated against because of their hair? I, I guess.
0: Sense. I guess my question on this one is the the, the school part. I I kind of understand. Um, but like the, the employment part, I, I just, I don't, how is this not already covered by other, by other bans on discrimination? Cause I mean, to me, discrimination is, is, is discrimination. I, you know, I, I now I, I can see there being, you know, if, if you're, if there's some sort of safety issue involved somehow, but I mean, there's other ways that you can deal with that, you know, but if it's like for a front office staff job or something, like, I don't understand how that wouldn't already be covered uh at, at some level through existing discrimination laws uh, yeah i'm 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 all for cleaning up cleaning up that sort of stuff but at the same time i'm a i'm a <laughs> i'm a small government conservative who who hates uh passing additional laws when there's other laws that that already cover what you're trying to do
2: yeah and and i i, I think that there are uh some type of some you know laws that that cover uh discrimination but this is still an issue we we've also saw UPS, one of the biggest um, employers, not only here in the state but across the nation, that um, their um, their their entity, their their organization, also created a a law recently that said that they weren't going to do that. So even you talking about UPS, up until three or four months ago, people could be discriminated against because of their hair. And so I just think that. Um, you know, this is something that our legislative uh, body should do. And I also think that we, we like I said, we continue to hear uh, them talk about creating um, legislation and, and doing some work to make sure that our state uh, is, is equitable. And I think that, that this is one of the things that, if they pass, then it, it allows people to know okay, they are really uh, doing the work. We have seen Senate Bill 10. Um, that has been proposed as well. I think um, Senator Givens has proposed that bill. Um, and, and basically what that bill is, is that creates a commission to look at some of these issues. Um, but what my argument is, is that when we have legislation today here that can be done, we need to do that and this other piece.
0: Can some of this be done through, the reg, the, through, through, through reg, the reg writing process? I mean, are there venues like that that exist that, that you could... Let's say a bill doesn't pass because it seems it, i just you know again it, I, I i'm one of those people who who thinks discrimination is wrong in all forms and so if you've outlawed discrimination you know it, there might be cases where it becomes an evidentiary issue in a in a suit or it becomes something where the legislature has passed a law to ban discrimination and then a reg writer has to, you know because a lot of this a lot of stuff like this it, they they say you know this this is not good you know this is banned and then a reg writer has to go in and and kind of drill down to the to the minute uh you know specifics on 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 something rather than it be, being broadly written in law you know are there are there venues like that that are that are available to to tackle this problem as well
2: you know i'm not sure what the what the answer uh to that is but what i would would argue is is uh why can't the legislative body do it i, I think that when you when you ask and you talk to uh, black Kentuckians, um, you know, one one of the the issues is that this is an issue that we have. This is an issue that constituents have in urban areas and in um, rural areas. And so the same way that we legislate for other issues, uh, why why is it always um, when it comes to discrimination or things that may be seen as a black and white issue that it's well maybe we need to go a different route.
1: No. And what I would argue, I think, what I would argue. Is, you know, I mean, you think about how how much, um, you know, airspace we gave to the religious freedom bills, um, which one could argue wasn't needed either. Right. Uh, because, I mean, that's in our First Amendment. That's in our federal constitution. I think, I think, I think,
0: the, we, I think we pass passed a lot of unnecessary laws <laughs> that are already protected I under mean, other things. We
1: <laughs> we 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 changed the Constitution a few years ago to say some nonsense about reaffirming hunting and fishing rights like it. Like that was ever even in jeopardy. Right. I mean, Marcy's law, I mean, I love to kick Marcy's law around, which people find weird too, since I, um, I worked, uh, I did work in the survivor community, but, um, I would argue that was a law that we could probably have done without, um, uh, or especially changing our constitution. Um, so, uh, want to move on here while we still have some time left, uh, with you. Uh, let, I want to talk uh, a little bit about, um, I, I'm, I love, I think people, especially now in our partisan, hyper, hyper-partisan times, forget that, you know, the ACLU um, isn't just a, you know, a big radical liberal organization as, uh, you know, some would have you, um, that it is about upholding our, our basic liberties. And I, I love the two bills that um, are going through the Senate this time around, um, Senate Bill 84, sponsored by um, Julie Rocky Adkins, a Republican. That would be Adams, I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep saying that.
0: She's not, not, not related to Rocky. <laughs>
1: no, 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 God, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Julie. Um, I love her. She's one of my favorite le- legislators. Uh, but that would be a second um, uh, take at the dignity for incarcerated women. And I'm also very, very interested in Senate Bill 36, sponsored by um, Whitney Westerfield, which would um, try to uh, improve juvenile justice. Why don't you, uh, if you could, um, Katura, talk a little bit about those two bills for us.
2: Yes, the dignity bill um, part two um, is a very exciting bill in my opinion. And basically what this, this bill does is that it, it allows pregnant persons that once they um, deliver um, a baby um, that they are able to have some time with, that, with, with the baby. We know that Um, when you're talking about postpartum depression and and all those things that those first 72 hours are very important and so what this bill would do it would allow the birth and parent and that child to have time together for those 72 hours to make sure that there is a bond Um, what it also does is that it would provide uh, six weeks postpartum care um, uh, provided for for those uh, persons who are incarcerated um, and also ensure that, that the individuals um, aren't put in a solitary confinement. Um, we know that that depression is real. Um, and obviously um, all of those things are, w- would be under the discretion to make sure, to ensure that, um, you, you know, th- that person is, is mentally stable um, and, and that sort of thing. And then it would also um, allow that person to have some type of um, a social worker um, for them to help with what is what is this gonna look like while you're still incarcerated? Who's gonna care for your child? Um, and what type of uh, you know down the road reunification plan could be? And that's important, right? We've seen that in Kentucky, I think now we have dropped, I think now we're number three in women, um, the number of women incarcerated. We also have high numbers, I think maybe number two of young people who've had a parent, mother or father incarcerated. And so you talk about the impacts of what that has on the child and has on, on that, that mother. Um, You know, I think that this bill just helps helps with that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and it's not just important for the mom in preventing um, postpartum, but that early attachment, that bond is important for the baby too. um, In terms of their development. Uh, We know that we know that from, from evidence. Um, So, Definitely that bill. I'm also interested in, tell us a little bit about what the um, what Senator Westerfield's bill would do.
2: Yeah. So this is the third session that we've uh, seen of this bill, um, a youthful offender bill. Um, And, and he's like, yeah, this is the third time that he's filed it. And basically what this bill does is that it allows judiciary discretion when you're talking about young people uh, being waived to adult court. Um, any other um, uh, crimes or incidents, when you're talking about um, juveniles, there's a, a list of things that um, are looked at and taken to, uh, into consideration. And we just believe that, that this bill is needed to decrease the number of young people that we're sending to adult court. I would argue that we don't need any young people in adult court. I would argue that you know we have to come up with ways to ensure that our young people are getting the things that they need within their communities. Um, You cannot, we we have seen the rise in mass incarceration and I would argue um, prison is not the way to rehabilitate. We know the human brain is not fully developed to 24 and 25. And so our young people, they are going to be our next taxpayers. They're going to be raising the next generation of, of, of children. And so I think that it's important that we are handling them in a completely different way than we've had. And I think that this bill um, is a step in the right direction for that.
1: Right. And we're just putting them in a pipeline. Right. And and that's that's it's just a fail. And I think, you know, we see and it's and this is all connected. I mean, I'm sure Trey and I will talk about this um, uh, at another point in time. But, you know, Kentucky once again leading the nation in child abuse uh, last year. And you know, you can't talk about these things in vacuums as we so often do, and we have, right? Um, so I think, uh, I'm really interested in seeing that bill. Why do you think it has not passed in, in the last couple of sessions? What's the, what's the roadblock here?
2: Yeah, so the, the first year that it was proposed, it was proposed with a larger piece of legislation. I think there was like four or five different things that um, that uh, Westerfield was trying to do with the, the justice with the juvenile justice system. I think it was just uh, too big, people weren't ready um, to, there just wasn't the appetite for that large piece. Last year, it did um, pass Senate Judiciary and it passed Senate floor and um, it got cut short because of COVID, like a lot of bills did. And so I I think that this is a bill that will pass easily this year. Um, I don't think it's a lot of controversy. Um, I think that our legislators are understanding and getting it that we have to um, treat our young people different. Um, And and as you said, when you look at all the other things, as far as the number of women incarcerated, the abuse, the kids in the juvenile justice system are the same kids who are in our foster care system. Absolutely. They're crossover youth. They've dealt with the same abuse and neglect issues. And so it's time for us to start treating them um, in in, in a different type of way.
0: Let's let's talk. You just have a couple minutes left. Uh, Let's talk real briefly about if if there's any bills uh, going going to the to the less less positive side of of your uh, legislative uh, brackets, any bills that you're concerned about that uh, that the ACLU is uh, keeping particular eye on?
2: Um, I know that uh, we have for the last two sessions um, have fought against uh, Senate Bill um, 11. I think that Senator Schickle has um, I think that's his bill um, where we believe that it, it infringes on uh, renters. Um, it it, it would uh, create a, a criminal statute um, for landlords would be able to criminally charge uh, renters if there was damage done to um, you know a housing unit. Um, we feel like for, for one, any bill that is going to um, in, increase the penal code criminally, we are going to be against it. Um, just, I don't care what bill it is, we're gonna be against it. And so that, that's one thing that should be noted, but in that bill specifically, We definitely think that that's super harmful right now, especially when we're in the housing crisis with COVID-19 and people are facing evictions. We're fearful that um, because these moratoriums have happened, we're fearful that um, it would allow uh, landlords to to use this this piece of legislation to be able to to charge and and evict people. So that's definitely a bill um, that that we're fighting um, against. And, and again, any bill that, that increases uh, uh, penalties. Um, you know, there's a, a, also a couple of different bills that we're not necessarily against, but we do want um, to see better language um, in those that we overall support, but we want to see uh, something better um, in um, um, Senate bill 80. I believe um, Senator Carroll has got a bill up around policing that would look at decertification of of police officers. um, if they are engaged um, in certain incidences would also require if police are going to a different department that they would have to, um, they would have to send their personnel files um, to that new department. And overall we're in support of that. There are a couple of different pieces in that legislation, uh, the language that we would like to see stronger. Um, and so, as far as us being um, completely against anything that's going to have a penal code that you'll you'll see us coming against that
1: oh and i almost forgot real quick um you know another bill that is of keen interest to myself is uh i know back up again the felony threshold which is just such a huge driver of our of our prison numbers right um talk a little bit about that what are the chances of that uh, lowering the threshold for those who aren't familiar our felony threshold in Kentucky is at a very low $500. Basically, you steal an iPhone, uh, and that is a felony. Um, what are the chances of that one uh, passing this year?
2: Um, again, this is one of those bills that that we are pretty confident that um, it would pass. Uh, you know, the same thing that happened last session with COVID. Uh, we think that that's the reason why that's
0: going to clog up a lot of bills this session, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But we think, and I think that they're hearing that bill, um, actually this week or or early, um, in in the session. So, so we definitely think that this is a bill, um, that, that about 90% sure, um, that's going to pass this year.
0: I guess last bill i ask you about, and then we'll uh, we'll get you out of here, is uh, bail reform. I know that's something that's been talked about a couple different times. Prison population is sky high. Uh, you know, the governor's kind of using the prison population as a way to uh, keep relying on private prisons, which is a whole other political issue. Uh, where, where do you where do you see bail reform at right now?
2: I haven't heard anybody talk about it this year, to be honest. Um, I, I think that bail reform, it's I don't, I don't know that I'm not confident we will see anything for the next couple of years on that. I do know that this year there hasn't been conversation in, in our circles, um, uh, about anything regarding bill. Although we, I, I feel like that we need to, um, to start really looking at that. Um, I, I would like to see an, an actual real working group to figure out what that looks like. Um, there's a lot of different people that this impacts. And so, um, you know, we we just have to find a way to not keep people uh, incarcerated because they don't have the money to pay. We
1: spend an awful lot of money, especially even at the local level, at the jail level, uh, you know, keeping people incarcerated just because they're poor, not because they're a, a, a public safety risk.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, Couture Heron from the ACLU, thank you for coming on to talk uh, legislative uh, priorities with us.
2: Awesome. Thank you for um, having me. And it was great. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you all soon. Absolutely. And as
0: always, you can get our podcast wherever you stream podcasts. If you get us on Apple podcast, please be sure to give us a review. And we'll be back with you on Thursday with the next episode of Kentucky Politics Week